Hello and welcome to This Dummy, the podcast about dumb things, fun things, and another thing. I'm your host, David Clark, and this week, Jacob and I evaluate Aziz Ansari as a jack-of-all-trades. We send TLC to a crazy sexy collection agency, and we determine if there's really anything more to Oprah's favorite things than jazzy Hot Pockets and fancy potato chips. But before all that, Gwen Stefani, your behavior has affected us negatively in the following ways. This is an intervention. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I've got my my mahogany teakwood candle lit, <laughs> and I'm feeling nice and relaxed, and I'm feeling the vibes. I see. You got uh, a jump on some favorite things. It seems like I I I know. I've already gotten. Yeah, my list is already being compiled. You know, as we speak. Yeah. Well. I am starving, A, and B, I just noticed um, silver thread descending from the ceiling, which seems to indicate... I mean, is this some, like, conjuring stuff? Is there a ghost in there? No, there's a spider somewhere is what I'm getting to. (laughs) (laughs) There's a spider Uh somewhere in this room. Um, Guard yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We have to end suddenly. Well, uh, I'm just washing out the finger waves that are in my hair, you know, post Chris Jenner, big, uh, great, <laughs> great Gatsby bash celebration. Oh, so were, were you invited in there? there? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was there. I was there. Very nice. Just, uh, passing around hors d'oeuvres. No, uh, <laughs> that, se- that thing seemed like a big, big production. Apparently they, they paid like $2 million, meaning someone else or some sort of sponsors, Paid two million dollars for this big blowout bash, but it seemed like a that's a pretty nice way to ring in sixty sixty years old with a kick and a stretch. Okay. Yeah, I think all the kids yeah. were contractually obligated to kick in a certain percentage of their paycheck. And when I turn sixty, I get fifty percent. Right? She's like, I don't want no part of city mess. No thanks. Yeah, so she got a big. Mm. They got she got a big to do, and it seemed like a lot of big. Big names are there. I mean, well, like, sort of big names. I don't know. I'm always shocked to see that there are certain celebrities that are aligning themselves with the, the Kardashian brand. Well, I mean, who I was know. there? I didn't see anything about it. Um, well, Will and Jada Smith were there. Oh, right. I did see that weird picture. Mm-hmm. He was wearing like a pink suit. He was. I don't. He he didn't get the memo about the theme. Obviously, he right. thought it was. Um, Candyland, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith were there, and that seems really strange to me. It's like I don't know, you know, I don't know if they've necessarily found their celebrity social lane. I think they've had a few missteps, like because at first, remember, it was you know Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, right? And then there was that whole sort of like swirling allegation that they might be Scientologists, and then Leah Remini wrote about them how like. Tom Cruise wanted to play hide and seek with them, which was really weird. Mm. Like in his huge, like gazillion acre, like mansion, he's like, "Let's go play some hide and seek." And Leah was like, mm, "I don't think so. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm rocking some Laboutins. I'm That's not happening." And Will was like, "Come on, let's go." Um. Mm. So yeah, they were like playing hide and seek with Tom and Katie for a minute. Well, then they opened now that weird Scientology school. I mean, they've been right. They opened like Pines Academy up in Calabasas, which right. was like a weird Scientology school. And now they're kicking it with the Kardashians. Sure. Well, Jaden is like best friends with one of them. He was at the wedding at, for Kim and Kanye. That's right. He was around wearing a weird white Batman suit, just like jumping and dumping and backflipping everywhere. So the weirdness runs strong in that family. Yeah, it's it's running hardcore. Kanye was, of course, like the the the, the party planner, the director of it all. He cannot let go of any type of control. Like he he's a creative artist. He just wants to like let his creative he will not be sidelined. What do you think about him, Kanye, sort of as a fashion designer? Because he's so. I know that I'm he, not going to buy anything that he's selling. I mean, I'm not going to buy a one thousand uh, dollar sweatshirt with like moth ball, like moth holes in it. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-mm. Um, I will say that I think he's a really talented 
sneaker and shoe designer, I think that those, I think that that's probably where these companies like Adidas and Nikes make a majority of their money, like from his designs, because everyone goes super, super crazy for his sneakers. Like they always sell out immediately. Mm -hmm. People are like camped up, like around the Foot Locker, like sleeping outside for days before the release of this. So I'm like, okay, you can you can maintain your lane in like that that field of design, but in terms of the the clothing, like that last Yeezy season, what I think it was, yeah, Yeezy season one collection fashion show, it was just like post-apocalyptic, uh, like champion sweatshirts coming down the runway, right. and I'm like, do we really need this? Are people really like responding to Mad this? Max activewear. It was. It yeah. was like Mad Max underboots. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, I think it's fine. I think he's put in the work. He went and he interned at The Gap or whatever it was. Uh, right. He's he really like, been paying was, his dues trying to break into this industry. I said, just give like it to him. He was folding jeans and putting him into the jean wall. Exactly. He was greeting he people. He did all of that. He had his headset on. Mm-hmm. Let me check in the back for you. I'm not sure. We can... We can order it online right. if you really want to. We can call another store. If you sign up for a credit card today, you'll get 10% off. Yeah, he was doing he all, all of that. So he deserves a little shine is what you're saying. If the Olsons can do it, let him do you it. You know who was not, is not here for, for any of these clothing. Who is this? It's Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn is not here Ooh. for Kanye's clothes. He said they're drab. Oh, no. They're funky and they stink. <laughs> you really need the Tim Gunn co-sign, though. Do, if, right? Although, at the same time, if you look at places like Forever 21 and Zara and other places, they have already kind of uh, knocked off this easy season two stuff. And you see these sweatshirts that are kind of like deconstructed and extra, sort of extra big. So, I mean, I guess... There is sort of a um, a demand for this kind of fashion. I mean, it's there. Yeah. And I mean, if there are imitators, obviously that's a positive sign. So maybe he is. Right. Well, the thing he has working for him is that he already brings a certain amount of brand recognition to his product. Right. He's already Kanye West. So people are going to be interested in what he's doing because of that. So that's mm -hmm. fine. Also, he's best friends with Anna Wintour. I mean, if he managed to get Kim Kardashian on the cover of Vogue magazine, he's going to be fine. Once you have Anna's seal of approval, then you can go anywhere. I mean, just look at. Yeah. He put Kim on the cover. Kendall Jenner, she's a supermodel. Right. And that's all because of, I think, Kanye's connection with the fashion world and Anna Wintour. If Anna Wintour would have been like, yes, this would, she would probably be doing, you know, fashion spreads for like Delia's catalog. And that's about it. <laughs> she so would be doing that. it for the defunct Delia's catalog. Right. She's hot stepping with, uh, like with Karl Lagerfeld. Yeah. Can't get any better than that. It's so crazy. Crazy. Anyway, I digress about old Kanye, but it's so crazy. Like he kind of reminds me. It's like that guy who really loves stand-up comedy, right? And he's uh -huh. such a fan of stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. but he is the shittiest. Like he's so not funny. Like a, like a shitty. Like he's such a shitty comic, you know? Right. So a huge fan of fashion and a huge fan of design, but then he sends like you know, sweatpants with skid marks down the runway. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's all he's going to contribute. Right. I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Anyway. Well, maybe he just needs to do a, give him a couple seasons and see where he lands. Okay. Because even, even the best comic was a shitty, a shitty comic the first time they go up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. If he just weren't so petulant, if he didn't throw a tantrum every time someone was like, mm, I don't know about this Kanye, mm -hmm. then, you know, I think people would give him the space to sort of to, to grow. Right. But, but he needs everyone to is, recognize I, his genius straight out the gate. I want this sort of like genius of his to materialize because I think it's sort of down there and that sort of gobbledygook of, mm -hmm. you know, sound bites that he, you know, that he kind of like, sp uh, like spattles off during these interviews. I think it's there somewhere, somewhere. There's something profound. I, I agree. I think that it's in there. I feel like over time, it's kind of denatured. It's gotten murkier and murkier with the conflation, mm -hmm. with the Kanye West conflation, with the Kar Kardashian brand. Right. Um, he's sort of lost himself. He's been spiraling ever since his mom died. And right. whatever focus he had in there is 
been splintered. And that's it. There just needs to be some sort of streamlining and focusing of the message. Just like snatch it together, Kanye. Snatch it together. Who can who can deliver that service for him? He needs a mom. He needs a mom. It's not gonna be Chris Jenner. Not Chris Jenner. Nope, nope, nope. That's the that's the problem. He needs like Patty LaBelle. (laughs) (laughs) What was that sitcom that she was on and she was someone's mom? I have no idea. Oh, come on. It was uh with um it was with Tisha Campbell's husband, like back in like the, the late eighties, early nineties. Out all night. Out all night with Patty LaBelle. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, check it out. Just did a little um Google image search of Out All Night with Patty LaBelle and I got a lovely portrait of Brandy there with a... Whitney Houston and uh oh, I... T Boz. Okay. Oh. And T Boz. Yeah. Uh oh. They had well, nothing to do with the show, but they came up in the search. Because people are putting out a uh, APB on TLC because they haven't come correct with this album. This from yeah, they 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 went to the fans to crowdsource their everywhere. <laughs> crowdsource their album and they creeped off with the money. Okay, so tell me what's going on with this whole TLC debacle here. Well, I think earlier this year, they did a Kickstarter campaign because they wanted to release one more album. They were like, we can't replace Lisa. They did this Kickstarter campaign. They raised like half a million dollars and said that they were going to put out an album. Yeah, and I think that even Katy Perry like kicked in 5,000 bucks. Yeah, Katy Perry kicked in $5,000. New Kids on the Block kicked in $10,000. What? And a lot of you and me's kicked in like five and ten dollars, right? Because they were ready to, they were not too proud to beg for another album. Yeah, I mean, and I wasn't, I didn't give them any money, but I'm into another TLC album. Sure, sure, yeah, of, course. of course. I still but, crazy, sexy, cool still is in permanent rotation. No so. scrubs, sure. It's yeah. always going to be mm-hmm. up in my eye. Don't get my fan mail. But however, but, however, and another thing, there's been no album. No album has materialized. No album has materialized. They raised uh, $430,000, and fans want their money back. Mm-hmm. They're mad. Yeah. Mad as hell. So um, last week, this hashtag started trending that TLC is going to jail party um, for people who wanted their, you know, their two cents back. And I guess right. T-Boz wasn't really having it. She was like, if you want your $5 back, you can go straight to Kickstarter uh, and ask for your refund over there because you're not getting it from us. Oh man! So did she say that the album is on its way, or like what is the exact holdup? Are they the album? I think is on its way. From what I've heard, they've gotten like um, maybe they've got four or five songs done. They're working with like Dallas Austin, who is uh, probably their biggest, longest collaborator. I, they need to get some like L.A. Reid in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're working on stuff. All right. Good I don't know how long girl. it takes to make an album. I don't know. It's like, who's giving you beats? Okay, so I feel like they've had, number one, they've been, they have been looking for a, or they've had a reality show. I feel like they've had multiple reality shows where they're looking for a replacement to Lisa Left Eye Lopez, right? So they've yeah. had these, they've had these, these reality, they've had these reality shows for years, like multiple seasons. And then they also had the VH1, um, biopic that came out with like Kiki, uh, Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Wyatt. Oh, Kiki Wyatt. What is it? Kiki, <laughs> Kiki, Kiki Jackson. And another Kiki. It was mm-hmm. like Kiki, Kiki, Kiki. Yeah. The TLC story. Kiki girls. Um, and Little and Mama. I would think that like after every single one of these shows that they've put on, put out, that they would use the leverage behind, you know, just sort of like the, the publicity of these shows. To release an album. Yeah, you would think. Because so, they were involved, I think, in that last biopic. Because Pebbles got mad and they were like, well, is what it is. That's the story. She stole our money. And now they're turning around and being Pebbles in this scenario where they stole all the fans' money. And they're like, mm, Right. They just threw a Jedi Pebbles mind trick on everybody. Yeah. Remember yeah, Pebbles' song? What was Pebbles' song? Girlfriend. Oh, that one too. Yeah. yeah she had a couple. Let's play some, ooh, let's play some Mercedes. Oh, I'm a 
We got to put that in there. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, so Pebbles was not having any of that. Uh, she, although she's probably day. somewhere laughing right now. She is cackling like the hardest, like evil yeah. cackle. She probably started that hashtag. Probably, she is probably <laughs> the CEO and president of the hashtag TLC goes to jail. Yeah. Movement. Well, I hope that the album does eventually come out. There's nothing better. I remember when, you know, when TLC was it. Yeah. The album came out in like the 90s. Like, ain't you proud that that came out? No, I was on the I TLC my too. Little, I had like my little CD player. You had your hat to the CD, back, and I had my hat to the hat to the back, and mm-hmm. I had my like the the one condom in the glasses. No, I did not have that. But uh, no. my mom would have like smacked that off of my head. <laughs> well, in other music news, um, it sounds like Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton are duetting. Grown in the sexy time sense grown hard i am not into this i'm not in, no this is wrong 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 no this like, is an this intervention is not the way you want to go Gwen. what is she doing you know this calls for another damn, damn, damn. this is not this is not the comeback you want you don't, this is not the return to the scene this is a give up this is like you were going in the wrong direction girlfriend what motivates like, a gwen stefani to go country. I mean, for Blake, this is like a major upgrade, right? Serious downgrade for Gwen. I mean, yeah, I mean, Blake gets cool points, but honestly, Blake doesn't need cool. He's like the king of country right now, and everybody loves right. Miranda Lambert. I don't think, I think he's the injured party in that divorce. I think he left her because she stepped out or something like that. Okay. I think, I'm not sure. I don't care because I don't really show up for country music that way. Um, but he gets cool points for um, napping Gwen. I don't know what Gwen gets out of this. She gets like honky tonk. I mean, like I don't know. She doesn't really get anything out of <laughs> she it. She gets over. It's not a good career move. It places her further in this sort of like tabloid celebrity lane, right? right. Rather than being like the iconic pop star that she is. Yeah. You know, reality was already kind of like a step down for her. Um, yeah, reality was stepped down for her, but I mean that the voice paycheck is a good paycheck, so I'm not mad at her for that. But couldn't you align yourself with anybody else? I mean, I think that like nothing wrong with country music, but as a pop star, country to pop crossover like that works, a la mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Sure. But a pop to a country crossover, or like going into that a la Jessica lane, Simpson, a la Jessica Simpson, a la Kelly Clarkson. Not- means trouble it means career trouble and if and it's already reported that she and blake have written a country song together and i'm like damn it man nope nope nope. hard no hard no where are you going i don't need i don't need her to take me to the rodeo i need Gwen to take me to the dance floor not the cow patch i just want my holla bat girl not my cow girl you know what i mean Anyway, uh, yeah, this doesn't sound like a good idea. Maybe I mean, she's listen, just sometimes so career doesn't matter. jaded by the, the alternative rock scene. So her pendulum swung all the way to the other side. All the way. I mean, you know, and it's another thing. It's like, it just seems like they were just so desperate to get this information out to the, like, yeah, we're dating. And now everyone's really skeptical because I guess the live shows of The Voice, I don't really, I don't really check for The Voice that hard. So, but apparently the live uh, episodes are actually going to be coming on next week or something. So it just seems very um, curious that they actually are announcing it the way they are. Is this like some big PR stunt move just to kind of promote The Voice? I have been watching it here and there because I actually like The Voice and you can see that there was flirtation. Everything that we've seen so far has been pre-recorded, um, but you can mm-hmm. see the flirtation between the two of them. They don't. Neither of them strike me as very good actors. Uh, so I want to say that it is uh, like a sincere chemistry between them. Okay. And I get like flirtation, a little sort of like fling, but uh, keep it to yourselves. Keep it on the keep low. It to yourself, or just let it breathe for a couple months first before you come out and send the press release out. And, yeah, you know, no kidding. They're both, the both of them are like five minutes divorced. Is she even right. divorced yet? Pump your brakes. Yeah. I mean, the ink isn't even dry. Whatever. It doesn't make sense. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. I mean, I just hope that, uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, uh-uh. not good. Not good. But Miranda's, I mean, Miranda is sitting pretty, right? Like, yeah, she don't out give of all F. of them, she does not give an F. 
sharp about any of this. <laughs> um, but she's taking the high road. She's chilling. You know, Miranda's like, I'm going to take my award. You know, this has been a really, you know, tough year. But thanks, everybody. All Miranda needs to do now is just kind of sit back in the cut. Don't say anything. Right. And then go ahead and record her countryfied version of 808s and Heartbreak. And she'll be good. She will <laughs> she'll be good. Be good. She's going to be the big. She's going to be the biggest winner of them all. So there you go. And she Unless we win. find out next week that she is dating future. <laughs> That's gonna come out. Yeah, then she might, be, and and she's pregnant with with his twelfth baby. <laughs> then she might be the biggest loser. As long as she stays away from future, she will be all right, though. Yeah, She'll be a okay. Well, well, I need something. I need I need something uplifting. Yeah, is there anything one. good happening? Oh man, is there anything good? Uh, well, in TV land, there's something really really good. Uh, Aziz Ansari's new show just debuted on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, What's it a called? Master of None. A Master of None. Yeah. So what'd you think? Uh, I loved it. You loved like, it. You did think? you watch the whole it. thing? Uh, I think that I've seen about five episodes now. Of okay. Series, so All I right. think I'm about halfway through. I watched the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, I really committed to it. I watched the whole thing. I really was not into it when oh. I first saw it. When I saw the first couple episodes, I was like, what? this doesn't really connect for me. Uh, and I really, I was like, there's something here. Because I was reading online and, and people were sort of rhapsodizing about it in this way. And I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something I'm missing. So I really wanted to commit to it and see. And it turned around for me uh, by the end. But it really took me like maybe five or six episodes to, to get, get into it and to it, appreciate to, it to really feel it yeah um i guess um before even starting to watch it i had super super low expectations and a side eye because okay now why is that because i mean i i like aziz but in terms of his comedy his stand-up i've seen a little bit of his stand-up um and while it's funny his approach seems like you know whenever he's like talking about things his approach kind of can be a little bit um just obsessive about topics and things and it feels like he just kind of like drives the joke over your head 100 million times and mm-hmm. so by the end of it it becomes sort of like a nuisance you know what i mean yes so he's funny but like he kind of like kind of always he can never sort of like rein it in and it just I'm tweaking becomes, I'm tweaking I'm tweaking yeah, I'm, I'm tweaking. tweaking I'm tweaking I'm tweaking right and like yeah. after like the 28th tweak you're like all right enough already I get it yeah I get it yeah um but I was really present pleasantly surprised um in watching the show that you don't kind of get that type of character mm-hmm. um I think that the show is really measured uh it has subtleties and it's nuanced in its humor um, and that was something I wasn't really prepared for. I was like, oh, this is actually, you know, this is definitely palpable and, and funny, but not like, you know, it's not kind of like knocking me over the head with like the same joke over and over again. Um, so I was, I was kind of in after like the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think for me, Aziz as a comedian is mostly like a sound effect. I don't think of him as like, he's not very clever. He's not the smart comedian. He's not the political one. He's not terribly insightful. It's mostly like this frequency that he achieves. And then you're right. He hits you over the head obsessively with, I guess, a punchline, which can be exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess that's what I was kind of bracing myself for with this. Also, mm-hmm. it's it's sort of become like a trend in the genre, I guess. Um, right. With um, especially these kind of like prestige network shows like Louie, the, where we have these comedies that aren't necessarily ha ha funny, like mm-hmm. Louie, like Girls. Um, but for me, when I when I come to a comedy, especially a new comedy and a, like a TV show, I look for joke joke density. I respond to joke density, and so mm-hmm. I think that's where I was having some trouble connecting with the show because the show doesn't have a lot of it. It doesn't. It's really sparse in that regard. But it just feels it feels more organic to me. It's not like they're like they're not pushing for like you know a. Uh, they're not pushing for like the jokes. It just sort of like they just let them happen and fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And I like that kind of tone. I like that um, sort of more or less 
it's it's a less measured approach, I guess. And mm-hmm. It just kind of happens. The the jokes fall where they they fall, and that's and that's okay. Uh-huh. Um, and so in that sense, it feels more, I guess, more of a has more of a realistic feel for me. You it, know, it does. Um, and people, you know, I guess it's the new the new thing. People really like. Um, to see normalcy, I guess this normal core sort of aesthetic has become the popular new thing in TV. And for me, it's like when I come, I want to be entertained. I don't want to see people who look like me doing things that I do day in, day out. Like it's too ordinary. If it's so ordinary that I can't understand why I'm watching it, that I don't really want to be a part of it. And I, Mm -hmm. uh, I get that that's sort of what they were trying to do, have something that felt organic and natural. Um, but for me, for the first few episodes, mm-hmm. I really couldn't get past the acting or the writing. And I couldn't figure out which of it sure. was more because it felt like I was, the dialogue felt like awkward first date dialogue. It was kind of halting and sparse. Yeah. Um, and there were too many sort of um, silent gaps. Right. See, I, I kind of like this sort of, ambient cool relaxed comedy and maybe that's because i lit my mahogany teakwood candle mm-hmm. and turned the lights down low in my living room this weekend and watched it and i was like feeling it i was right. feeling myself you, you were vibing I mean? out maybe that's why i was enjoying it it was like you had a little paula like, duel in the background i did i had a little bit of <laughs> vibology in the back and i was just like yes um but uh you know and it another really nice pleasant uh, surprised about the show, or not really surprised about the show, but the nice um, element of the show is the fact that they really did a, a very good job at uh, incorporating diversity of New York City yes. uh, in a way that's not so like um, blatantly, you know, insert X type of person here, uh, like the in, in the way that you kind of see it in shows like Girls. It seemed as though like Lena Dunham was like, okay, fine, you want a black person in here? Here's the homeless black woman on the corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, in this sense, they, they they really do a good job at um, just incorporating like every different type of, you know, ethnicity and color and person that you would, would encounter in New York City into the show and in, in a way that's not just sort of like, you know, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Yeah. I, I will say that that is one of the things the show does really well. I mean, in the show, he plays this like 30 year old commercial TV actor, uh, living in New York. And one of the big criticisms about like with friends, like with Seinfeld about these shows that happen in New York, I know those shows were a hundred years ago, but even with girls, uh, Lena Dunham's run into diversity issue. It's like, where are all of the ethnic people that how can you live in New York and not know any black people and not have any interaction yeah. with people? What who is are this not white? Right. What is this crazy vanilla world that you're living in? Lena? Yeah. It's because that's not New York. And I mm-hmm. think that this, something the this show that does successfully and very naturally is incorporate, you know, his, his best friends, like this giant white guy, uh, Lena Waithe from dear white people. She was a producer and an actor in it. Uh, she plays his black lesbian friend. His other good friend is his, uh, another first generation Asian person. Um, it's, it, does a good job of being diverse without making diversity sort of the point. Uh, another highlight to this series, the soundtrack is bumping. Soundtrack is good. Soundtrack, soundtrack is, good. is real, real good. Whoever is the music director, kudos to you. I got a little bit of Cool It Now. Yeah. From New Edition. It's a, a nice and, mix of like 80s and hip hop, which I think is pretty yeah. much his, his sensibility. Return of the Mac. Yes. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know I was doing a little two-step. Right. You had to. That's why you didn't get through the other five episodes. I know. I just kept playing that over again. All the dance breaks. Yeah. I was tweaking. I was tweaking. <laughs> um, I think and- another thing that it has going for it, it's got great, the show has great production value. It has like a great tone, a nice lighting design. It strikes this sort of like beautiful cinematic tone that we've come to expect from Netflix series. It looks very mm-hmm. expensive. It looks very expensive, for sure. Yeah. And um, I don't know if, you know, um, Emmy Emmy nominations are coming out anytime soon, but there are two people Uh that deserve nods from from this show. I know who you're going to say. Who? 
<laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Aziz Ansari, his parents. That is exactly right. Yeah. They're really I mean, cute. Talk about breakout stars. These are the breakout stars of the show. They are the cutest people. And <laughs> I loved every single minute they were on the screen. Yeah. And it was funny because if you if you're not like like when when I was first watching it, I was like, this is these people have very interesting line reads. Like they yes. they're a little bit stilted, very, very awkward. And of course, I come to find out that these are actually Aziz's real life parents, yeah. which I mean, so I mean, it, it's so brilliant in the sense that I think it adds an additional element to the humor. Um, and it comes like they come off a bit like obviously out of place. They have never acted, I don't think, in their entire lives. Um, so it kind of has this really kind of like comedic meta element to it as well. So I really enjoyed that. But I mean, out of the two of them, the dad is definitely really enjoying, you know, every every moment that he's on. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so it's so super cute. And I think that Aziz was doing uh, an interview on GMA and he was saying that his dad is looking for other projects. So he's really <laughs> he's, he's really off. in it hook, line and sinker. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the bug. No, yeah. And it, also, you know, it's really. Also, speaking about the parents, it's. I think the series is really uh, successful in the sense that it it, it tells and it portrays the um, sort of immigrant and first generation American experience um, in in a, in a very uh, respectful way, mm-hmm. uh, and it does. And I think it does that experience justice too. And I really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I de- think it definitely show. has a great cultural perspective in that way because we don't really see that story you don't see uh, mainstream stories like that told through this lens so it's yeah it's good so how could you not like it well it just it took a, a minute to catch on and i have to say uh the actress that plays his girlfriend um i don't know noelle wells noelle wells yeah so you're at the point where they, they've started going out she really rounds it out for me uh mm-hmm. she really gives the show some dimension she plays well off of Aziz and sort of naturalizes the dialogue and and gives the show i think uh direction mm-hmm. in the way that i felt like it was lacking in the first maybe four or five episodes but she was in the first episode though too yeah she was in the first episode as like a drive-by Right. And then she's gone for a couple episodes and then she is sort of gradually reintroduced. And then she's back. Yeah. yeah. I think um Nashville is like the fourth or fifth episode. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where I've left off is at the at the Nashville episode. So it gets better from um, there. For me, that's where it starts. Okay. If the series had started right. there, it would have been much more interesting. Uh so I'm on board. I've I've been on board, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching and, and uh Enjoy, enjoying myself. I'm going to light my candle again today, bring the lights down, and just <laughs> enjoy my ambient comedy. Um, right. But also, okay. uh, of course, another you know bright moment in the, in the series is um, his friend Denise, who's mm-hmm. played by uh, Lena Waithe. Yeah. Um, and I thought that you know that was really cool. Of course, it's always good to see uh, a person of color, a gay person of color, uh, in the mix. And... Um, yeah, it, it, her character is really fleshed out really well, and I think that she she does a really good job too. And she she kind of like serves as sort of the 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 moral and uh, like the moral and ethical compass of, for Dev throughout the series. And it's kind of fun to watch their interaction. Yeah, it's funny. She's kind of got this like off kilter morality, but mm-hmm. still yeah, fairly traditional. Uh, yeah, I like I like. Print- I like Princess Funyuns. Princess Funyuns. Yeah, she's Funyuns. great. I really felt like in the first couple of episodes we were going to sort of get this in, like another story of perpetual adolescence. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I get it. Aziz has sort of been anti-playing stereotypical Indians his entire career. He's never really done it, so I was like, uh, it, if he just wants to do an, another Judd Apatow project, I feel like that territory has been mined bare. There's nothing mm-hmm. left there. We don't need that story. Um, right. So if he doesn't want to be hamstrung by his own culture, then like, what do you have to offer? I was really surprised by the end of it. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think it's certainly worth checking out. Because I was like, cool. you're already in Funny People. It was a long, boring, misnamed movie. You don't need to do it again. <laughs> don't do it again. And he didn't. 
Yeah, Yay. He did not. It was good. For me, it took a minute for it to get on its feet. For you, it was good right out the gate. So I, I was. I, mean, I guess, and it's also like, like I said, I had like really sort of low expectations, and I was kind of like, I don't know about this. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. For me, I was like, huh, I see that you're what you're trying to do. You're trying to be girls. You're trying to be Louis. I don't think you have a strong enough point of view to pull that off. It's coming off more like Marin to me, which is honorable, but not exactly entertaining. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it works itself out by the end. Well, in other comedy news, it looks like we're going to be getting another Amy Schumer movie um, pretty soon. It looks like she and Jennifer Lawrence are teaming up to co-write a script together where they're going to play sisters. All right. Um, I don't I don't oh, know how I feel not about interested. This, I see. I'm not, okay. I'm not interested. I saw them at the Billy Joel concert, like, dancing on top of the piano and having a gay old time. But I don't know if this will necessarily. I know they're having like their 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 girl bromance, but I don't know yeah. if this is necessarily going to translate into a successful comedy movie. It's like, look at us, we're funny and like cool with the top actresses. Uh, I think that people will probably hate watch this, uh, and 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 that's about it. Oh, that's interesting because you liked Trainwreck, right? Uh no, that's not true. I oh. I I thought it was I. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a, a little more special than it was. I don't know. I wasn't that mm. taken by it, honestly. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious to see what will happen next. And did you like Terrain Rack? Um, I, I thought it, I agree. I thought it was all right. I like Amy Schumer. I think that she is funny. I think that um, something that she has succeeded in, which is to call back to um, Aziz's new show, uh, where I thought it struggled a little bit. Amy Schumer, like Key and Peel, all those Comedy Central kids, all the comedians in the last couple of years who have been successful have really managed to make comedy bite-sized for like mm-hmm. web viewing. So I right. think Amy Schumer's strength has always been in like a YouTube clip. She's fun in a sketch that's like five to seven minutes long. And then beyond that, she sort of struggles. So in this yeah. long form, you know, Judd Apatow likes to do everything super long, like 30 minutes longer than it needs to be. All of his movies are like three hours long for no reason. I mm-hmm. thought Trainwreck was too long and too self-serious and had a little too much Judd Apatow stink on it that I think yeah. the parts that were good with Amy Schumer sort of got buried in all of this other extra nonsense. Right. Because it's a matter of like having that comedic endurance and like you were saying like she's really good in like these sort of like bite-sized bits but when you stretch that over uh, like a two-hour feature you know all of that sort of like comedic power gets diluted and that's kind of how i felt with trainwreck i was just like okay they were like little moments of haha but yeah it wasn't something that i was like this was you know this is like one of my my favorites for the for the season it just didn't it didn't really work out for me but um Right. So, I, in, in terms of her, I, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see where she goes. And again, like, it seems as though now she's kind of like been minted as this sort of socially conscious comedian now, in terms of like, you know, yeah, right, and 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 like having like this sort of like feminist bent. And I think that that's great. However, I think that maybe she's kind of like feeling herself a little bit too much, and she kind of has feels this responsibility that I don't necessarily I don't know I don't know if she's I, yeah I don't she's know. she's I, become I sort of a messenger she's become right. sort of a messenger for all of these um for like feminism and I think that's mm-hmm. probably going to get her into trouble in the long run mm-hmm. um, because it's sort of going to paint her into a corner exactly it's like i don't i hope it doesn't limit her 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 sort of range in terms of like the topics that she's covering and things like that and i think that like in this moment because she's sort of like caught on because of this sort of you know um feminist bent like she's kind of like riding that wave but i hope that it doesn't like eventually sort of like limit like her her comedic potential and i i I don't know we'll see and i feel like that's where and i feel like this like this like girl comedy (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of in that same sort of vein, but I hope I hope that it's execute. I hope that for her sake that it it, it she pulls it off. But um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I don't know if good. I'm like this I don't know of... if I'm like that super excited to go and see it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully we've got a long time to think about it. I don't think it's anywhere near completion. But this time around, yeah. I guess Jennifer Lawrence is going to be the train wreck, and Amy Schumer will be pursuing her goal of being a, a flight attendant. 
mm-hmm. which okay, you know, that's, I, I already like that because honestly, that that I don't know if you saw her in SNL, but she did do a sketch where she was like, <laughs> <flight attendant. laughs> "That's right, uh, she did." Yeah, yeah, that was that's funny. the Amy I, I we know and love. That was yeah, okay, I, okay. Well, I'm on board with her being a flight attendant. We'll see. Proceed with caution. <laughs> Proceeding with a little bit, a dash of caution. Yeah. But you know, Jennifer Lawrence being the train wreck, she's already played the train wreck. Remember, like, during the Oscars when she, like, fell up the stairs? <laughs> like, I feel like this is not, like, a, a step outside She won an of Oscar her, for her that, lane, I think. Her box. Yeah. She did. They actually were like, oh, you fell up the stairs? We're going to get you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Becoming Beyonce, what did we learn from this 500-page tell-all? Anything? Anything new? I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I, I kind of anything we, that was like surprising. Yeah. On the one hand, Beyonce is like supremely guarded. Um, I feel like we never find out things unless she wants us to know. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like we are saturated with Beyonce news. So what else could there be? Right. Yeah. What else could we we kind of take away from this? Um, like there there wasn't really anything where i was like oh my goodness i mean she kicked someone in the crotch apparently and she mooned usher right so we got those little tidbits Thanks. i'm more i'm actually more surprised or every time i i hear about this but you know her name beyonce is just a remix of mama tina's last name yes. or her maiden name which is beyonce right. no one really talks about that no one talks so about she, that she swapped out the I for an O, and she's like, I mm-hmm. I call you Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce sounds like that would be like her, her mini-me, you know? <laughs> like if she had like young kid dancers, and she's like, here's my little Beyonce. Right. And they'd be like, stop it, twerk it, pop it. Uh, so yeah, nothing really is all that like surprising or shocking coming out of that. Yeah, not that, really. It's interesting. I guess she almost signed with Prince. That was one right. of the things on there. While she didn't sign with Prince, we actually kind of got a behind the scenes or sort of like an idea or a snapshot of what that would look like uh, from Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen's Prince show sketch. From oh, that's right. We Prince are- show. <laughs> yeah, we got that. We yeah. got that. Mm-hmm. Nothing really all that surprising. I guess that this um, this writer... You know, he's kind of famous for these tell-all books, and I think the first one that he wrote was about Diana Ross, and it was a lot more um, scathing, and it, it spilled a lot more tea. Not much tea here in this one. Not, Not a lot much. Of tea. But I think this just goes to show. I mean, Beyonce is really in control of uh, the Sasha Fierce narrative, and so she's only going to let so much information get out. And how do you think her career would have gone if she was a bad boy artist? Uh, you should probably give uh, Danny Kane a call. I mean, look yeah. at them. Yeah, that's true. Isn't Janelle Monae uh, about a uh, puffy protege? I don't think so. Well, isn't she under her own imprint called like Wonderland or something? Yeah, I mean, I think she is now, but I think Puffy took her under his wing oh. for that um that LP that she did. Oh, that that's so right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think that she does. Start. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would be like or what success she would have had had she been under Puffy's, you know, Puffy's watch. But, um, yeah. Well, he passed, so we don't have to think about it. Yep, it didn't happen. So we're, we're all, we were all safe from that disaster. Um, speaking of other artists that are, well, could possibly be facing disaster. What is going on with Rihanna? I guess she's now pushed her album back again. Yeah, I don't know what's up with her. She is. She was supposed to perform at the Victoria's Secret uh, fashion show. She dropped out. She got replaced mm-hmm. by Ellie Goulding. Golding. Um, she moved. I still her don't know what an Ellie Goulding is, though. <laughs> uh, well, that's right because you didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, is she? Did she sing? What did she sing? It? Did she, she sing? Did, was she in it? What she? What? No, she. She was all over the soundtrack. She like sang all the songs. I think. Okay. Uh, she dated Ed Sheeran for a second, except for the Beyonce song, which is really the only song that mattered. I was really in for that slowed down, sexed up, crazy in love remix. Well, okay, so Ellie sang everything else. She sang everything else. It seems like, and she did all the sound effects. She was like the, <laughs> the foley she, artist. She was the foley she artist. A, she had a piece of sandpaper. She's like <laughs> a little glockenspiel for the footsteps. Right. 
Yeah, she's a hardworking girl. But now okay. she's going to be in the Victoria's Secret fashion show. She's going to make the wings. Right. She's going to be doing all the sound effects during the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's going to be in the back and have, like, a pair of, like, high heels clicking. Like, <laughs> clack, 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 click, clack. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should be an entertaining show. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Rihanna refused to agree to do that. She's not releasing her album because I, apparently she's running scared from, like, the domination, the world domination that will be Adele's. Yeah. Apparently they were album. supposed to come out on the same day um, mm-hmm. and Rihanna moved it. Because Adele, let's face it, that's going to be a huge drop. That is going to be a million in a week selling album, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Probably even more. Probably I more. say, like... Yeah, probably more. I mean, all the the pent up sort of anticipation and demand for another Adele album. I mean, it's been four years, so I I, I would not be surprised if it sort of if it cross easily crosses the one million mark. Um, but apparently, think, Rihanna's kind of backing away from that, huh? Do you think that's a good look for her? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's been so long, and this you know eighth album from her has been in the pipeline, and she's released. You know, she, well, she released "Bitch, But I Have My Money," and then she did the Paul McCartney. Well, she started off with the Paul McCartney, Kanye West song, four or five seconds, and nothing has really sort of um, taken with with listeners. So I don't know. I I don't know where this is gonna go. This this is really shocking because you know she had been releasing an album every single year, yeah. and you know, dance singles hit after hit after hit. So this is definitely uncharacteristic for her. Where this will go, I don't know. It doesn't look doesn't look very good. I, I hope someone takes the reins and 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 turns and turns this uh turns this around for her. But right now, I don't know. It sounds like we're gonna probably be waiting until 2016 to hear any new Rihanna hits. Yeah. Or well, we don't know if there'll be hits, but any new Rihanna is. It's uh, this is kind of the where Beyonce was a couple years ago before she released Beyonce, right? I mean, and the only reason, I mean, let's be for real. I mean, the only reason why it kind of back and really turned around for Beyonce because she did this gorilla style drop of what she had, and and before that time, no one had ever done, uh, you know, a, a release without any sort of traditional marketing and promo. Uh, yeah. Whereas Beyonce just dropped it the week before Christmas and everybody lost their minds. Right. Um, but I think that that was just a, uh, you know, it was just a, it was just kind of like a, a brilliant mistake, really. <laughs> you it know what I mean? It was a brilliant because mistake. I think that really, it, was, it was a Hail Mary, honestly, from Beyonce because I think she was in the was same boat where she was like, I'm going to do this vibey sort of album that is not like my last ones, and we're not going to do stompy dance hits, or maybe because she just didn't have stompy dance hits. She didn't have any. And she I think the thing is, is that if you remember, there was like nine months prior to the drop of Beyonce that like she was trying to start the promo machine and try to get it in motion, and it seemed like they just kind of had all these start-stops. Like, Remember, that was when she did the Super Bowl, and she didn't yeah. have a single before right. the Super Bowl. And of course, it's like, that's a no-brainer. You need to have, like, a new song during the Super Bowl. Like, every eyeball in the world is going to be watching the Super Bowl halftime show. With right. that said, she did not have a single there. And she didn't. I think that they were they were starting, they were attempting to release Grown Woman as the single, because mm-hmm. if you remember, it they released the that little campaign. Pepsi commercial. Yeah. And then they were like, mm, this isn't really, this isn't it, this isn't it. Uh, and then there was a Super Bowl. There was nothing during the Super Bowl, no single. And I think that like a couple months later, she was like on the Vogue cover, and then there was nothing there. So and then I she had that big H and M campaign with a couple like Music of the Sun or whatever that single was. Exactly. So there nothing. were a lot of um, stop and starts there. And then finally, like you said, like she kind of just was like, "Screw it, I'm just gonna drop this." Yeah. Or they're like, "Well, we're gonna work with what we got." And and there you go. So and it worked. She out. was lucky. It worked out really nicely for her. But uh, I don't know. You can't really kind of repeat that same stunt and and expect the same type of success. I don't know. No, you can't. How, and also, she forced how. everybody to buy the whole album. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. So brilliant from like a marketing marketing perspective, but in terms of just sort of like having a traditional single, like 
we never really had like a traditional Beyonce single during that era. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely bought it it's immediately. Yeah, and I'm still playing it. It worked out. But it, still- it, it was a grower for me. Rihanna, that model is not going to work for you. So I hope you've got a single. Yeah, I don't know there. if that's going to work out. I hope hope she's got something else happening there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that was a nice little Christmas gift, though, that Beyonce album. I was like, Merry Christmas to me. Speaking of Christmas gifts, okay, Speaking well, it is the holiday season. The holiday season has finally ushered its way into our hearts and souls because Oprah, Lady O, has released her favorite things. 2015. I didn't know she was still doing this. Uh, and you know what? She's been doing it for 20 years. Where have that? her favorite things been in the last couple of years? Have they just been in the magazine? Well, I think that they've just been in the magazine since the show has been a wrap for the last, for since. I mean, I guess she went off the air about five years ago. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's only been on the magazine. Um, but I guess this year she's kind of switched it up a little bit because every all of her favorite things um, are available on Amazon.com. So, basically, you just click the link and everything is listed there. And you can order from the convenience of your laptop right there through Amazon. Overnight um, for Christmas over, Day. Overnight. Get your prom shipping on and you got it. You got your, you got your truffle butter. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this, this list? This list is pretty funny. There's some funny things on here. Yeah. Okay. There's some, there's some funny things. There's just some strange things. There's a lot there's, of very yeah. Oprah things. There's a lot of very, very Oprah things. It's my favorite time of year at O Magazine. We have curated all of my favorite things in one place. This oh, is freaking fabulous. <laughs> Look at this. Oh my God, here comes another favorite thing. Oh my God, I love this. This is the deal. I'm gonna tell you, I know. My finger is on the pulse, I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, what's your favorite thing from the list? My favorite thing from the list, I, I I don't know if I can necessarily identify one favorite thing, but you know what? She will not let an Ugg boot die. No, she won't. She, she loves that furry comfort. Until the very bitter end. So she's got an Ugg, but she's kind of remixed it a little bit here. She's got the Ugg Australia Christian, uh, Kristen Slim boot. <laughs> um, you know, and this one has a nice, she says that this model has a subtle wedge that makes you walk a little, <laughs> that makes you walk a little taller. It's a she shape up. It's a shape up. It, it's basically a sketch of shape up with uh, a little bit of Ugg fur attached to it. That's mm-hmm. basically what this is. But it's $159. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not cheap. If it's Oprah's favorite thing, it's going to cost you a little bit. Right. You're going to have to pay a couple coins yeah. to get your Ugg on. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just funny to me. She Her, her feet, she likes to keep them com- Well, she likes to keep them comfy. I'm not necessarily sure if Ugg, Ugg is... It, to say that they are going to be looking like they're in style, but she will rock an UGG, that's for sure. UGG is thankful. Uh, what about you? What are you? What are you looking at? My what favorite thing on this you? list is the Defro Foods Gourmet Jam Set. Oh, <laughs> only because Defro sounds so like Southern and fancy, and Jam mm-hmm. Set makes me feel like it's like a a tiny little portable hit maker recording studio. <laughs> Like it should really just be a, a tiny little drum machine and a microphone, like right? A little eight hundred eight and a glittery mic with built-in auto tune. Mm-hmm. You know, T Pain had a uh, auto tune mic that was uh, being sold for the holiday season a couple years ago. Did See? you pick that up? Th- I did not, but that should be on her favorite list, and it should she be called Devro. It, it should be called the Devro Jam Set. She slept on that one. Uh, speaking of interesting sounding things, uh, the Bruffin Bundle is another <laughs> a Bruffin Bundle. That just sounds nasty. That sounds <laughs> like it's some sort of colloquialism or something nasty. The Bruffin Brundle? Like, girl, you know, it's like, oh, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah, the Bruffin Bundle. What someone is it? Gave, someone gave me a Bruffin Bundle for Christmas. It's like, oh. <laughs> How was your weekend? Oh, I got a bad Bruffin Brundle. <laughs> Still getting over it. Well, if you, um, if you so choose to... Um, gift someone with a Bruffin Bundle. A Bruffin Bundle is basically a mix between uh, a brioche muffin 
and a hot pocket, basically. <laughs> These are basically bougie hot pockets here. Mm-hmm. You get the and, and I guess every like there's a bruffin from every uh, country. So there's a British one that has uh, there's a British one that has bacon and sharp cheddar. A bruffin and then a British, the British bruffin. One. A British bru- I mean, say that five times. A British bruffin. And the American one has buffalo chicken, blue cheese, and hot sauce. Wow, they really love this alliteration. Mm-mm, they really, really do. That's Oprah, Oprah's favorite thing, down. is alliteration calm this year. down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will run you, I'm not sure how many bruffins you get, but I think you probably get a half a dozen. $85. Wow. So, save I mean, up your coins. It's bougie, bougie bruffin bundles. Or like I said, save your coins and just go ahead and get a medley of hot pockets for about ten dollars. Sure, you could wrap them in one of her frontage faux fur pet jackets <laughs> and give them so to yeah, your friend. Yeah, a fur coat for your dog. I mean, there's a picture here of a beautiful, like brindle, I think, French bulldog in mm-hmm. a luxurious faux fur stole. There's and, buttons on it, and he's giving us the look like, "What am I doing here?" And what am I wearing? And why? I'm comfortable, but I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so weird. It's like, why? Okay, you're going to give a dog a... That's like being like, ooh, look at my new, uh, you know, skin bodysuit. You know, exactly. like, what are you, like, what are you talking about here? This is, yeah, this is redundant. You know, well, it's funny because a lot of people in the comment section of, like, her website are like, Oprah, I can't afford this. Why are you doing this? To-? I mean, like, we all know people. We all know. It's Oprah. So she is a billionaire. Right. And some of these things are going to be like ridiculously expensive. But I mean, there are some more accessible things here. Although, of course, I have like a bit of a side eye just in the sense it's like a Gap hoodie and an Apple watch. I mean, it's right. obvious that a lot of this is just sort of, you know, not anything that Oprah has handpicked. And it's all sort of, you know, part of someone's marketing and PR scheme here. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm sure those people in the comment you're... section as well are just hoping that Oprah's going to pull a benevolent gesture for the holidays and give everyone with a prime membership, like free things from her favorite things list. Right. Like everything. Everyone's just going to get a huge prime box. Of you get an email and you get an email. Maybe she'll do a group on, she'll do a special group on for prime members. Maybe. That would be smart. Uh, there's also um, the Chelsea Market Torres Black Truffle Crisp Basket. And basically, these are just black truffle potato chips. Uh, but they're $52. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, I hope they're now, good. These aren't, I, I, they better be good for that. Yeah. Again... I don't think I'm necessarily going to gift anybody with a $52 bag of potato chips. 52 I mean, you can Only get a, a $0.52 cent bag of Lay's and still have some money left okay. over for a, a dip. You get a nice chip and, and dip. You get a nice chip and dip. I mean, if you really want to gift me with some good old uh, crisps and chips, give me those uh, Utz hot cheddar uh, hot cheddar uh, cheese doodles that they have. Have you ever heard had those? No, but hot cheddar cheese yeah, doodles are- sounds like the name of an album you would release. That's right. That's good. That's, that's my, my debut album available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter. Uh, yeah, they're uh, hot cheddar cheese curls, and those are delicious. <laughs> oh, there's a subscription to O Magazine that's on her list. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't get it twisted. She's also going to have plenty of Oprah, Oprah items as well. She's also selling her Oprah chai as well this season as one of her favorite things. So um, Oprah is one of her know, favorite things. It's really endearing, though, because she also is selling these um, or she, she also has these uh, like sleep shirts that have, of course, these little like witty sayings on them. And one of them is a namaste in bed shirt. And I'm sure that yeah. she got like such a little kick out of that. I'm sure like, she did. You know, the old, like I, I appreciate her love for just sort of like an older lady meme, you mm-hmm. know, like, she's like, oh, <laughs> namaste in bed. I mm-hmm. love that. You know, I don't know. Just looking over this list, I mean, these things seem fine and very Oprah-like in terms of her favorite things. But I guess when watching the show, they these items were a lot more appealing because you had Oprah's enthusiasm and the description behind it. It would just be nice to have her kind of like back on and just doing like I don't understand why this is not on own. Like this should be a special, you know, Sunday night special where she she has this and 
she can surprise people like an audience of people who aren't expecting it because obviously you know the talk show has been on for five years this would be like this would seem like it would be own ratings gold yeah i mean this should be her barbara walters lane yeah yeah. I don't understand why this isn't happening. Every year she should do a favorite thing special. I would be surprised this year if she doesn't. I think that it actually will be. It's yeah. not like they Let's don't have space happened. in their I'm, lineup I'm to over at OWN to put put together a favorite thing special. Right. I'm I'm waiting to see this on the OWN uh, TV schedule. <laughs> I mean, and just like they have a couple videos here on the Amazon site. And it just like it's kind of a phone there. You can just see that she like breathes in from another meeting. They have everything <laughs> set up here. And she's like manically picking things up and being like, oh, my God, striped pajamas. I love them. <laughs> you know, and like you can see her assistants in the background, like on their Blackberries, like, you know, just sort of like sadly texting someone like, oh, Lord, she's screaming. The boss is the boss is here. and She's screaming. Mm-hmm. But there is one section where like Gail is in the background and <laughs> she's like talking about this one T-shirt. Yeah. And Oprah's like, oh, I love this shirt. I, <laughs> what, does, what does the T-shirt say? Uh, it says, I love Sundays, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I love Sundays. And Oprah's like, I, I, oh, I wear this on Sunday. And then Gail's in the background. She's like, I wear mine on Saturday. And Oprah's like, shut up. I love the I love Sunday yeah. t-shirt. I wear it on Sundays. If you wear it on Tuesdays. I wear it on Saturday. I only wear it on Sundays. You can wear it any day. <laughs> I love the dynamic. Honestly, why don't they do another road trip? Oh, boy. Yeah, braid her hair up. Braid her hair up and just hit the road. They mm-hmm. should do like a Grey Gardens reboot. That's where we got Oprah to save the JJ for the first time on that oh road trip. My, oh, and my there's goodness. There's so many more blessings to be had. They too, they should team up for part two. They really do need to team up for part two. Back, back in the driver's seat. Yeah. Oprah and Gail. Gail can do the CBS morning show from remote you've been listening to this dummy with david clark and jacob jeffries as always be sure to follow us on soundcloud subscribe and rate us on itunes and if you feel like you need to talk hit us up on facebook or on twitter at this dummy tweets we love it when that hotline blinks